You're listening to the Hudson Valley Region Podcast, an official podcast of the New York City Church of Christ, teaching and worshiping God in the beautiful New York State counties of Orange and Rockland. Today we are going to end our series. We've been preaching this summer on the Beatitudes. Of course, the Beatitudes are the first few verses of the sermon that Jesus preached on the mountain in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. This summer we have looked at every single one of them. There's nine of them that he talks about, blessed are, are, are you if you're this, or blessed for that, or blessed for this, and that is what we're focusing on today. So let me, again, read to you the text of what we've been looking at this summer, and I hope that you've been as encouraged and inspired by this as I have, uh, as I've prepared for this. I've been deeply convicted by, by all of them, more so than I expected to be, and uh, hopefully uh, you, you feel a bit uh, convicted by it as well and encouraged. Uh, but let's read this together. This is Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. He says, now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is an amazing glimpse into the heart of God. You know, this is not intended to be a checklist where you go, all right, a little bit of hungering today, need to work on my mercy, and maybe some mourning. All right? You know, that's not what it is. Although these are certainly characteristics that we need to work on and pray about and and grow in, but what's really remarkable, remarkable about this is it really is a glimpse into what is important to God. What does God value? And if you're honest, I mean, when I read this, honestly, when I read it and I look at it, it really is counterintuitive to what I'm used to. You know, it's often opposite of what I think. Jesus and God clearly value things that I think often are not fun and often are, are, are even, they seem weak. But these are things that Jesus says, these are what God values. Today we're going to close out our series by focusing on the very last one that's there in verses 10, 11, and 12. Blessed are the persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. All right, let me make a couple observations about what Jesus says here. Again, blessed are the persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He says there in verse 10, it says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice! And be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. A couple observations this morning from this passage about being, about the, about, about blessed are the persecuted. First observation, 
I think Jesus is making this point. Number one, sometimes it's not fair. Sometimes it's not fair. Let me read verse 10 to you again. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, sometimes it's not fair. Obvious, here's the obvious message Jesus is saying, right? Blessed are the persecuted. When you do what's right and you're persecuted, you're blessed, right? It's, it's, a, it's a good thing. In God's eyes, you're blessed. You can even find some happiness because you've done what was right and you've re- received some flack for it. Blessed are the per- persecuted. That's the obvious message that Jesus is making right here. But the underlying message is very troubling to me. The underlying message is this. You can be mistreated for doing good stuff. Why? That is unfair, God. If I do what is right, shouldn't right things, good things happen to me? And so Jesus is being very clear here about you can be blessed when you're persecuted. That's the very obvious message. But the underlying message is what's troubling. The underlying message is sometimes it's not fair. Sometimes it's not fair. We live in a culture that craves fairness, don't we? And I agree. I like fairness. I love fairness. I like to make things as fair as possible. Fairness, I think, is good. We live in a country that works hard to make laws to be fair. At home, we try to teach our children to be fair. At work, we're our bosses, or if we're the boss, we try to make things fair. At school, at sports, at sports, we've even used television cameras to slow down the action, to go back and look so that we can make things fair. We like fair, right? That, that makes sense to us. It should be fair. But what Jesus is saying to us in this passage is sometimes you will do what's right and unfair things will happen. That's what he's saying. Sometimes you and I will do what's right and bad stuff will happen. Now, we're not talking here about when you do bad things and you get caught and then bad things happen. That's not what he's talking about. That's called consequences. You go into the local, you know, convenience store, you know, hold them up, take 500 bucks and you leave and then you get caught and you go to jail. That's not persecution. You got caught. You did what was wrong. And you're paying the consequences for it. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about being persecuted because of righteousness. You do what is right and something bad happens. That's what he's talking about here is is when we are persecuted for righteousness. There will be times at school, at work, at home, in the grocery store, on the Palisades Parkway. I don't know. You name it. There will be times when you will take a stand for what is right. When you won't follow the crowd. When you will stand up for correct doctrine. When you won't participate. When you won't laugh at that joke. When you decide to turn the other cheek. There will be times when you do that. But instead of being hailed as a hero of principle and courage and strength, you will be dismissed as weak narrow-minded, religious, and sometimes just weird. That's what it means to be persecuted for righteousness. I have a friend who's an actor 
in Manhattan. He's a brother in the church, in the New York City Church of Christ, and he lives in Manhattan. And he is, uh, he got a, a script from his agent about a year ago or so. Maybe it's even been a little longer than that. He got a script for an amazing Broadway show that was opening up. True story. And he, and, uh, he went in and he, uh, he auditioned for the part. And they, uh, he got a call back from his agent and they said, listen, you were amazing. You did great. But we decided that you'd probably be better in this role instead. And so they sent him a different version of the script. And his agent said, we would like you to come in and, uh, and, and audition for this role. This is a Broadway show, right? He looked at the script and he read through it and his heart sank. Because the script was full of profanity. Curse words. Just full of profanity. That's what the character was. And he really wrestled with it. And he prayed. And he called his agent back. He said, listen, I'm not going to do that. And he says, listen, you know that I'm a Christian. You know that I want to live a righteous life. And as much as I want a role in a Broadway show, I will not compromise my convictions. And of course, the agent tried to persuade him, you know, no, 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 no. It's not you that's saying these words. It's your character. It's like, no, it is me saying these words. No, 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 no. Everybody does it. You got to be able to separate. No. He says, I know everybody does it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to have convictions. He ended up, of course, not getting the part. I would love to tell you that after that story, you know, that he stood up for what was right, that all of a sudden everything worked out perfectly for him. I would love to tell you, but that's not at all what happened. That's not at all. You know, he not only didn't get the part, as I just said, but his agent got so mad that his agent dumped him. said, forget it, we're done. I'm not going to work with you anymore. And as of recently, he still doesn't have an agent. In fact, I was just talking to him a couple weeks ago, and he's working right now at Trader Joe's. That's where he works. Now, if you work at Trader Joe's, amen, that's fantastic. Amen. I'm not, I have no problem with you. There's no issue. But that's not what he wants to be doing. He wants to be a Broadway. And he had it in his hand. He had it there. He had it. And he turned it down because of righteousness. And nothing worked out for him afterwards. That's what happens sometimes. That's the point Jesus is making. Sometimes you will do what's right and it still won't be fair. That's what Jesus is saying. You know, I know generally speaking, we like to be liked, don't we? I mean, I know there's a few of us like, ah, I don't care what people think of me. Yeah, you probably want to be like the most is the truth. And you're trying to hide it behind, ah, I'm a tough guy. No, you're not. You like to, people like to be liked generally. There's a kiosk at the Palisades Mall, right, that every time I walk by, every time I, it's, it's some sort of lotion and fragrance kiosk and every, you know which one I'm talking about? Every time you walk by, they give me a free packet of lotion, right? Every time they just walk right up to me. And every time I walk by, they mention my face. They're like, wow, your face, it's so nice. What do you do? What do you, you come on over here. Let me show you something. I'm like, well, you know, I'm glad you noticed. But I know what they're doing. 
they're just using my desire to hear nice things, especially about my face, right? To get me to come over and buy something. This has happened to me three times, three different times. And I'm just walking by, going somewhere. They, and now it just happened recently. I was with my daughter walking by and it happened. And I just laughed. I was like, yeah. The guy's like, here, here's some lotion. I'm like, thank you. And he's like, you know, what do you use on your face? I'm like, no, I'm good. Thank you very much. I mean, one time I was like, well, you know, actually, it's all just natural. I mean, this is this is just a work of art. It does it itself. You know, I was like, I was like, and they're like, ah, it doesn't. It's great because if I ever am having a bad day and need a little compliment, I know where to go. I know which kiosk to just walk by them all. Thank you. You notice my face. I'm just, my point is this. We all like to be liked. We all like it when people say nice things about us. We all like it. And it's okay. That's good. But Jesus' point is sometimes, sometimes when you do what's right, the story doesn't end well. Sometimes. Listen, our leader served, healed, fed, and saved people. And for that, he was mocked, beaten, abandoned, then murdered. If we are going to follow Jesus, why would it be different for us? Sometimes it's not fair. Listen, many of Jesus' teachings, when you go through and you look at them, many of Jesus' teachings are not how to make life fair, but instead how to respond when life isn't fair. That's what Jesus is concerned about. It's not how you make it fair. But how are you going to respond? Are you going to be righteous? Are you going to be holy? Are you going to be godly when it's unfair? That's what Jesus is interested in. That's what he calls us to do and to be. Listen, sometimes it's just not fair. You and I, if if we're going to be righteous people, we will at some point be persecuted. 1 Peter 2 Verses 21 through 23, it says, To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their their insults at him, he didn't retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. His answer to persecution was to trust. Trust. I'm not going to fight back. I'm not going to retaliate. I'm not going to make threats. Instead, I will trust. That was his response to persecution. That's amazing. And it says here that he did that so you and I could have an example too of how we should respond. Sometimes It's not fair. Let's read on again. Back in verse 11 now. It says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. A couple observations. One, it's not fair. Two, it's not fun. It's not fun. I mean, listen to what he says here, right? Listen. He says, Blessed are you when people do what? Insult you persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you listen following jesus means sometimes it's not going to be fair and it means sometimes it's not going to be fun the obvious message here again the obvious message is this 
you are blessed when you're persecuted. You know, if you, if you do what's right, you're persecuted. That there's a spiritual blessing there for you. But the underlying message is what's difficult. The underlying message, again, is not only that it's not going to be fair, but at times it's not going to be fun. It is not going to be enjoyable to be a Christian. Sometimes you're going to be insulted. Sometimes you're going to be persecuted. Sometimes false statements are going to be be, be said about you. And he says, not if this happens, right? But he says, when this happens. So it's not a question as if, it's a question of when. Sometimes being a Christian means it's not going to be fun. You know, when I was a younger Christian, I was trying to finish up my college degree, living in Westchester County, and I was not working in the full-time ministry at the time. I got a part-time job uh, waiting tables at a restaurant right across the river here in Westchester. And when they hired me, uh, they told me up front, they said, listen, one of the rules is you are going to have to work every employee. Everybody has to work uh, every Sunday, every Sunday. And they said, but we have two shifts. We have a morning shift and an evening shift. And I said, that's great. No problem. I, I, I will always work the evening shift. All right. I'll be glad to. I said, I can't work the Sunday sh- morning shift because I work. I mean, I work because I go to church. I go to church every Sunday without fail. Every single Sunday, all right? So I can't ever work the Sunday morning shift, but I'll be glad to work the evening shift. And it worked out great because that was the less desirable of the two shifts anyway. And so I was always available to work. Well, a couple of months after I worked there, I show up at work and I'm about to clock in and I go in the back in the break room and I'm looking at the schedule to see where they've scheduled me over the next week. And I see that coming up next Sunday, they've scheduled me to work Sunday morning. So I went to the manager and I said, oh, hey, hey, I'm sure this is just a mistake. Uh, If you remember, I don't work Sunday mornings. I go to church on Sunday mornings. And so I will not be able to be there uh, on Sunday mornings. And the the manager I was talking to, the general manager, was standing right there as well. And he chimed in. He goes, oh, you will be working Sunday morning. Absolutely, you're going to be working Sunday morning. And I said, well, no, listen, I'm, I'm telling you that when I was hired, I told them I could not work Sunday mornings because I go to church on Sunday mornings. And mind you, I'm not a minister at this point. I'm just a Christian who's a man trying to have convictions about being a disciple of Jesus. And, uh, and I said, I'm sorry, I, I can't do that. And he goes, if you don't come in Sunday morning, you might as well just not come back. And I said, listen, if, if that's the way it's got to be, then that's the way it's got to be. I'm just trying to give you warning that I won't be here because I'll be at church. So you have time to find someone else to cover the shift for me because I won't be there. And I, and I said, that's 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 I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to go to church. And at this point, it had escalated. And he in this the general manager was not a, a little guy. He was a big guy and everything he did was loud. And so every conversation was never private. It was always in the midst of everybody. And so everybody was listening. They're trying to ignore it. But you could hear him yelling. He was really angry and he was yelling at me. I said, listen, I'm sorry, I'm not coming. I'm going to church Sunday morning after um, a few minutes. He came back to me, and said, all right all right, you can work Sunday night. We'll have you work Sunday night instead of Sunday morning. And the truth was, I was a good employee, and they didn't want to get rid of me. That was the truth. <laughs> anyway, I, I did, and as disciples should be, right? A disciple should be great employees. They should work very hard. But they didn't want to get rid of me. And so they, 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 he shifted things for me. My point is this. Sometimes it's not fun to be a Christian. That was not fun. I was embarrassed. 
like I said, it was loud. It was not a private conversation between he and I in the back office. It was in the kitchen with the cooks and the other waiter. Every and, he, and it, it was loud, and he was yelling at me. He was angry. It was not fun. But I decided in my heart that I was going to do what was right. That I was going to be at church, even over work. That was my conviction. That's what I was going to do. Well, Phil, isn't that uh, isn't that a little legalistic, Phil? Is it? I mean, if you decide you want to be a healthy person, right? You want to get in shape. Is it legalistic to think you work out regularly? Uh, no, I'm just more into the idea of being healthy. <laughs> oh, really? Listen, we are not Christians in theory. We are Christians in practice. We're not here just to talk about good ideas and go home. This is just something to boost us up as we wake up tomorrow morning to be Christians. To live Christian lives every single day. Well, Phil, yeah, but that, you know, that was an hourly job. It was a part-time job you had in, in college. Of course you could afford to lose it. Listen, if you just thought that, I know I just said it, but if that thinking is in your mind, you need to be careful. That, you need to be careful because two things you just did. A, you just insulted everybody in here that has a part-time hourly job as if their convictions to stand up for what's right just doesn't really matter as much. All right, A. But B, you just showed that you ha- you believe there's a point when it's okay to compromise. That's what you, if you think that way, if you dismiss what I just said because it was an hourly job waiting tables and I'll just go get it. If you did that, then you just showed that, hey, man, you know, I will stand up for what's right unless the price is right. Unless it's my career. All right. Yeah, it's not an hour. This is my career. Right. The, you, they pay the money's good. All right. We have to be careful. That's what I'm saying is we got to be Christians in practice where it really counts, not just in theory. When we talk about it's sometimes being a Christian is not fun. It's not fun. So the question is this. Will you stand firm even when it's not fun? Or like the seed that fell in the rocky soil in Mark chapter four. You remember that it it withered when it got difficult. It fell away when it got difficult. Who will you be? Second Timothy three. Verse 12 says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It's coming. You're going to get it. It may not be, you know, you might not be thrown into a lion's, uh, uh, an arena with lions like our early brothers and sisters. You might be. Maybe you will. But it might be even harder than that. It might be at work, at home, at school, when you and I got to stand up. Really stand up for what we believe in. What does Jesus, what do we see here? We see that blessed are the persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let me close out here by reading verse 12. Again, it says, Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I think a couple things we learn from this is one, Jesus is saying, it's not fair. He's also saying it's not fun. But then he's also saying it's not forever. Isn't that good? 
Sometimes it's not fair. Sometimes it's not fun, but it's not forever. It's not fair. It's not if it's not fair and it's not going to be fun. Why would I do this? Why? Tell me, preacher, why would I do this? Why? Because it's not forever. It's temporary. Jesus says here in verse 10, he says, rejoice, rejoice. Why? Because it feels good. No, he's not saying it feels good. Persecution doesn't feel good. No, of course not. That's not why he's saying rejoice. He's saying rejoice because the kingdom of heaven belongs to you. Verse 10, he says in verse 12, your reward is going to be great. There'll be a great reward. And so, yes, sometimes it's not fair. Yes, sometimes it's not fun, but it's not forever. A little bit of pain now and a lot of reward later. It's worth it. Hang in there. Be strong. Be righteous. Be holy. Do what's right. You can make it. You can do it because it's not forever. You know, the world in all of its glory pass away. But the person who does the will of God lasts forever. The Bible teaches us. That restaurant that I worked for, it's closed. But me, I still go to church every Sunday. And now I got a job. Yeah, I got a job. They gave me a job. How about that? That Broadway show that 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 brother turned down uh, one of the leading roles in closed after three months. Ran for three months and it closed. Wow. Can you imagine if he had compromised and then now been out of a job? But you know what's amazing about that story is he's got a young daughter. He's got a teenage daughter who's also a performer as well. And she's very young, and she's starting to perform, and she's very talented. But you know what he did? You know what that father did, that brother, our brother in the church here? You know what he did by doing what was right, even though it was hard? Is he has now planted a memory in his young daughter's mind that can never be taken away. Never. When, when, when given the option of an amazing opportunity, he turned it down because it was unrighteous. Not knowing what was going to happen, he turned it down. And she forever will have that as an anchor in her heart and her soul, watching her father wrestle with something that he loved and giving it up because of righteousness. Now, whether she chooses it or not, that's going to totally be up to her. But he gave her an anchor. He gave her a physical representation that she will take for the rest of her life. She can say, I remember when my dad would not compromise. That's amazing. Listen, the world passes away. So my question for us today is this. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? What are, you, what, what are you looking at? What consumes your mind? What consumes your heart? What consumes your schedule? Is it the temporary or is it the eternal? Jesus said in John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Blessed are the persecuted. For they 
for theirs is the kingdom of God. You know, there's a song written by a woman named Laura Story called Blessings. And I think it really encapsulates this idea of sometimes what we see isn't exactly what God's plan is. In fact, what we may see, the, the bad things going on around us might actually be an avenue to where to how God is getting us to see him more. The song is called Blessings, and the words go like this. We pray for blessings. We pray for peace, comfort for family, protection while we sleep. We pray for healing, for prosperity. We pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering. And all the while, you hear each spoken word. Yet love is way too much to give us lesser things. Because what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you are near? What if the trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? We pray for wisdom your voice to hear. We cry in anger when we cannot feel you near. We doubt your goodness. We doubt your love as if every promise from your word is not enough. And all the while you hear each desperate plea and long that we'd have faith to believe. Because what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? What if trials of this life are really mercies, your mercies, in disguise? When a friend betrays us, when darkness seems to win, we know that pain reminds this heart that this is not, this is not our home. This is not our home. Because what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? What if the trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? You know, I think it's only appropriate that we close out this sermon and our series with our very own renowned Shirley Crabb singing that song to us. Where is Shirley? Here she is. She's going to sing this song. What if trials of this life 
listening to the Hudson Valley Region podcast. For more information about our ministry or to attend a church service, please visit our website at hvregion.com. 